Thank you all for stopping by. My name is Justin Gilly, and you're listening to the Rated JG Podcast. What is going on, everybody? Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Rated JG Podcast. We got a special edition coming to you today. I have a, uh, an awesome guest in the Podfather Studios with me, Mr. Chris Rubio of Rubes Brews is in the house, man. How's it going? It's going great, man. Thanks for having me. Dude, uh, it's my pleasure. I'm glad to see you. We've been trying to link up for so long. It's like we finally got everything lined up and you're here, so I'm, yeah, I'm excited. I'm we had a winter storm getting our way, too, so just a ton of stuff going on, it I, seemed like. Dude, I'm saying it's it's weird. Trying to 2021 is already throwing us all kinds of curveballs. I know it. Uh, that being said, you know, like uh, we were trying to link up for a while. You actually are no stranger to podcasting. Um, do you have? Is it your own podcast? Or are you a co-host? Or? Yeah, it's just a, I kind of sponsor a podcast. It's a hockey podcast over here with a, a guy in Mansfield. Um, he's a guy I play with, and he actually works at the Star Center Rink in Mansfield. Very cool. And so he's like, "Hey, man, I'm gonna start a podcast. It's gonna be about hockey." come on, you know, like, come on. And I'm like, well, why don't I, you know, help out and sponsor. So now we, you know, bring people on, they get to learn about the beer. We talk about hockey. And so, yeah, I'm kind of, kind of helping them like co-host a little bit so far. So that's awesome. Dude. What's the, what's the podcast called? This is the face off spot podcast. And it just like yours, you could find it on iTunes, Spotify, uh, Podbean. I think, you know, it's just, yeah. Cool. The face off spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's definitely a hockey, hockey title All there. Hockey. Yep. Very cool. So how many episodes have y'all done? Like, or have, have you been a part of, I guess I should ask. Uh, we just hit 36 this week. I want to say I've probably been a part of eight to nine. Very cool. Yeah, just as much as we can. Sometimes the scheduling can be kind of crazy, so it's middle of day or something like that when he's off. But totally so, understand. Yeah, yeah. And then you got normal jobs, and then you got some some kiddos, right? Yeah, two yeah. kids. There you go. Yeah, that, <laughs> that, that makes uh, podcasting a little bit. You know, finding some free time, I'm sure, isn't the easiest thing in the world. But no, um, no, not at all. So you are known to a lot of people as. Chris Rubio, but I know you as Rubes Brews. Yeah. So, um, you actually did me of you know the the pleasure of making me my very own legit rated JG podcast citrus white ale. That isn't we were, she a beaut? Dude, Look she at that. is man, sexy. That is, <laughs> I mean, it's legit. I'll I'll post pictures of this too. But I mean, it's legit. The branding, the coloring, we kind of. I don't want to say I helped in it at all because I mean I was like <laughs> you were sending me ideas and I was like. I mean, yep, dude. And I mean, it looks great to me. I don't know anything about it, but it came out so sick. And that's what we're sipping on right now. Yeah, so. it's it's great. Um, yeah, I started uh, brewing a couple of years ago, just the anniversary hit. But yeah, I mean, for me, I just, I, I've been wanting to just get Rube's name out there, you know. Um, home brewing for two, for two years has been fun, but it's kind of taken off a little bit with just you know, nowadays you can do anything on the internet, you know, the, the branding and the you know, buying merch, like, you know, with your stuff and uh, how easy it is to be able to put all the stuff together. Um, and so, yeah, I, we, we kind of hooked up through, through Instagram. Yeah. I think, For you sure. know, uh, Steve, uh, Castillo, who's the, does the podcast Mansfield. So, and then I said, man, well, he's got a great podcast. Like maybe we can do a beer and then we can just be like, Hey, you know, we, we talk about all the time you cross and you multiply things. And then after a while, these multipliers become, ways for other people to hear about you, for ways people to hear about me. And I mean, it's just beneficial on both sides. For sure, dude. So yeah, once again, man, thank you so much. The beer is is great. We'll get into that in a second. But actually, what, what was pretty cool is like when you were mentioning that, like cross-promoting and stuff, um, I don't know how it is on the face-off spot, but you can say whatever you want here. We, we cuss on this podcast. So uh, <laughs> the guy, my buddy, Sonny Martinez, shout out Sonny, he actually does like uh, all my, he made my logo for me. He does a lot of the graphic arts that I put up on my Instagram and uh, when I interviewed him a while back on here, he is actually the, I want to say either the lead or like the, 
co-lead graphic designer for the Houston Dynamo professional soccer team. So he's like living the dream, man. And I was like, man, how'd you get into all of this? You know, like you've been so successful. Nobody has a bad word to say about you. He's like, man, I live by a motto. Do cool shit for cool people. And I'm like, that's that's the way it is right there. Man. Yeah, like, I like that. I mean, it's a good philosophy. Good. This is, you know, minimal time spent, but a great opportunity to meet somebody like yourself who's just an awesome guy. I mean, y'all already know that you're listening. Justin's a great guy. <laughs> I only had to meet him over the internet, you know, and, you know, this is the first time we met face to face, but I mean, he's a good person. So, yeah, just being able to do things like that and just kind of, hey, you know, we'll put this out there and let's get together. I mean, it's just as simple as that. And I think it goes a long way for both of us. No so. doubt, man. That, that, that's a great way of putting it. And this is great. So for uh, those of you that are wondering, it's a citrus white ale. And I'll let Rubes kind of go into that a little bit more in detail. But just from first initial taste, this is a, I, I told him it's something that would get me in trouble because this goes down super, super easy. And uh, it's, it's, you know, the first word in the beer is citrus, but it's not like punch you in the face citrus. Like you're not sipping on a shandy or something like that. This is really, really minimal, light, crisp. It's, it's big fan. Big yeah. Fan. I think that's how I try to do most of my beers is, um, just a subtle enough taste. So it doesn't overpower you. I think I've had a lot of craft beers in the past where, you know, they add a vanilla extract that's in excess or there's a, you know, a, a weird craft with like a cinnamon or something, or, you know, <laughs> that is just, you know, you drink it and you go, oh, that was cool, but I'm not going to have another one. And I think that's the key to craft in my eyes, like going forward to have people really consume a lot of it because we all know we, I, I'm, I do it myself. I'll have a craft. What am I going to have for that? Probably about four Miller lights. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. For so sure. I think it's important to have something that a craft beer that is tasty, yeah. but it's also palatable and it doesn't really feel like it fills you up. And so that's kind of what I've tried to do a lot with my beers is just subtle enough to give you a little bit of taste. You don't really feel overly full or, you know, like, oh, man, that's too much. And that's kind of like what this one is. It's um, it's made with a with the reason it's a white ale is that it's made with a, a, a wheat grain derivative for the malt. And it's very white and it's got a real foamy white head, as you can mm-hmm. see there, too. Uh, but it's, you know, it's pretty light in orange peel and coriander and a, and a real light hop that doesn't give you a lot of like bitterness or anything right. like that. Just smooth. And if for anybody who didn't know, it's you know, it's going to compare it to something. It's kind of like a uh, a blue moon, you know, in a way. So awesome. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad that you said that because I didn't want to sound like an idiot. But I, I mean, <laughs> I love craft beer. I was definitely the first one in my friend group that was the weirdo that was like, "Hey, check out this 12% ABV beer." Yeah. At the They're like, "Dude, we're 21 years old. Just get a Michelob and some Fireball. We'll call it a night." But yeah, yeah. Exactly. But uh, yeah, like it reminds me of uh, you said orange peel. One of yeah. my favorite beers is Blood and Honey, and. I always try to explain that to people. Number one, you don't need more than a couple of those and you'll be on your butt. But the flavor of it is like, it, I think it's made with that blood orange, like zest or like the peel. Like a puree or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's not like you're eating the fruit. It's almost like the, like the, I don't want to say the scent of it, but like you get like the feel of it without like you're eating an actual orange or something. And that's perfect. I, I kind of had a sense of that here, but I wasn't going to say it till I found out. So yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a yeah. craft beer aficionado now. Yeah. Look at me. I'm big on that, but I've got one too. We'll have to share with you in the future. It's a honey Pilsner. Okay. And it's really, it's kind of in the same way as that one is with the blood and honey, real light. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of the guys that I play hockey with that are Miller light drinkers, mm-hmm. you know, they, they're like, give me some more of that. Cause it's real easy to drink. So Heck we'll, yeah, have, to, we'll have to take that one out here. Heck yeah, dude. So you said that um, like you started out the home brewing thing. So I, I kind of want to dive more into that and get to know what started all this. Because I mean, obviously looking at your branding, seeing your, your uh, Instagram and all that, like you, this isn't a one or two type beer thing. Like you've been doing this for a while. You got a lot of product out there. Your brand looks legit. 
where did all this start? Like, how did you just say, man, I just want to start making beer one day? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I, I, I did chemical engineering in school and, um, I, you know, I've seen a lot, a lot of like oil and gas processes and plants and all this stuff. Well, it's not very fun or anything, <laughs> but <laughs> we went to a brewery some years back. I want to say it was probably about five or six years ago. I think it was wild acre. And then we were over at deep Elm at one point in time. And then also went over even to the, uh, um, uh, the Coors Brewery in uh, Colorado. Okay. And I we walked it and did tours, and I started looking around at everything they were doing, and I thought to myself, everything around here are things I know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Tanks, pumps, pipe, uh, you know, transmitters, all this, you know, like engineering, you know, stuff. And, and I'm like, it's beer, though. This is amazing. You know, yeah. like, I could do that. And, you know, and then you, you Google it and you start watching the video and you go, oh, any asshole could do this. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, dude. Yeah, and it's true. I mean, it takes, uh, you know, a certain amount of patience. Uh, you have to be diligent on the way, you know, like it, it's you know, weeks, you know, that this thing from beginning to end. And, you know, there's certain ways you got to, you know, fine tune things. And so it's, it's not that difficult. But for me, it's something that I really enjoy. On brew day, man, it's just me. And the beer and three to four hours, depending on what I'm doing. And it's so much fun. Dude, so. it sounds, I mean, you can just tell because, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. This isn't like, I mean, you don't have like a brewery or anything. Like this is just something you're doing for fun. Like, I mean, something that's the proof's in the pudding. You know, you have so many products out there. Your, your branding is legit. Like you can tell like this is something you're passionate about. And I feel like personally, that's where you get the best product. No matter what it is, if it's something that you just enjoy doing, it tends to, you know, lend itself to a good product in the end, whatever it may be. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, dude, that, that's awesome. I've always been curious about it because I don't know the first thing about any of this stuff. So if you could <laughs> explain to me like I'm a five-year-old in the brewing process of this beer because I'm biased. This is yeah. Well, that's the one thing that whenever I first did the first batch, uh, I was following all the instructions and it was amazing to me how much water I was using. I was like, what? How do you get drunk off beer? I have five gallons of water in this thing. You know, like, how the hell? Um, but, I mean, yeah, it's you, you don't realize it, you know, until you start making it. But um, it, it's it's pretty simple. I mean, the you want a chemical reaction. So mm-hmm. you basically are taking extracted sugars Mm -hmm. or malts and you do that a couple ways one it's prepackaged it comes to you you throw it in there you go right the other way is you do uh like a laudering and a mashing process that basically takes the grains and it cracks them and the only thing it does there is just let the sugars out okay from there you bring it into a kettle and that's where you have an opportunity to add whatever hops you want Cool. So hop-wise, you can do something real high on bitterness, your IPAs that get real all like like piney and all that kind of stuff. Right, right. You can do something basic, which was kind of like this one was, is our halter towel hop, real basic. And that's where you can kind of start formulating a little bit of aromas and flavors and really do okay. some different things. And then after that, lastly, you just add yeast. I mean, between the reaction with the sugars and the yeast, that yields you your alcohol and then mm-hmm. a CO2 as a byproduct. So yeah, that was, that, that's actually, I mean, I kind of somewhat knew the process and actually I think my first, um, exposure to the craft beer process was I went out to, uh, Granberry to the revolver brewing company. Like this was golly, like my 22nd or 23rd birthday. And uh, I went out there with my wife, my sister and my buddy. And, uh, it's my first like brewery type experience. And it's, you know, it's a big brewery. And I actually happened to go out there the week before they sold out to Anheuser-Busch. Ah, I remember that. So I was like, I had no idea. You know, I just knew I loved blood and honey. And we did the whole, you know, the whole shebang. Went through the tour, learned all this stuff in one ear and out the other. I was like, 
you know, just give me the beer, you know, but, uh, <laughs> it was pretty cool because at the end of the process, uh, the, we like were in the big room with all the tanks and whatnot. And like all the 50 to a hundred people that did the tour were with us. And this dude gets up on a ladder and he's like, you know, kind of clinks his glass. He's like, Hey guys, you know, my name is so-and-so I'm the brewmaster here at revolver. Uh, you know, I just want to thank you all for coming out. I want to raise a glass to y'all. We're like, okay, whatever. Cheers. And he takes a drink and he's like, damn, that's a good beer. Who made that? Oh, that's right. It was me. And I was like, oh, I like this guy, you know? And then he, jokes. yeah. And then he also went on to say like, um, he told everyone there, like, if you've heard the rumors, yes, it's true. We did, you know, sell out. Sell out. He's like, but what was so cool is the way that they did it. Apparently he still has like complete control over like the uh, quality control process. He's like, so this is good news for y'all. He's like, y'all don't have to drive out to the middle of nowhere to get my beer anymore. He's like, it's going to be in your, you know, in your local grocery stores, your your beer shop, liquor stores. He was like, so this is good news for everybody. And it was really cool because I got to kind of hear his story, which was similar to yours. He's like, dude, I just love beer. And I, I was pretty good at it. My friends liked it. Next thing you know, more and more people are asking for it. And now look where we are. So is that the end goal? I mean, are you... I mean, you see microbrewery in the in the future, right? I told my wife, I was like, "Hey, let's start this thing." And then the ten year uh, goal is microbrewery. Ah, you know, uh, it's been two years and it's it's blown up quite a bit. I mean, it's more than I can handle already. With a, you know, like I said, kids, hobbies, uh, kids sports, my own job, wife, you know, everything that goes along with it. Like it's it's quite a bit to even handle right now. So, yeah, I mean, that's the reason I want to just keep getting the name out there. It's because whenever if we get to the point in, in another eight years that we are doing a microbrewery or right. to a nano, which we've been talking about a lot lately then you know that people know what rubes is rubes uh, rubes Brews is already so it's kind of the name's already out there it's established um you know there's not the one thing that i i kind of want to accelerate on almost doing that so quickly is that there's not really a uh, a go-to niche place and kind of in where we are like in mansfield grand prairie there's a, you know a couple of small places but not what i'm envisioning as sure. far as tap room and brewery and you know event center and all this kind of stuff all the things up in my brain you know yeah. <laughs> right so I, I i almost want to like keep pushing and keep going and, and finding a way to make it work since there's not a lot you know in our area like that where you know you go to dallas and you know or anywhere in the mid cities in fort worth and right. all that further north you know these places have really nice tap rooms and mm-hmm. what do they do you know they they bring in, you know, families with kids and they can have a beer and the kids are playing in spots, uh, you know, a place for people to hang out that's a little bit different than the bar, you know, or a restaurant. Absolutely. And, you know, with the weather predominantly good here in the area, some place where people can go outside and, you know, like enjoy yeah. a beer and and maybe with a view. And, you know, there's not really a lot. You can find that in Dallas and Fort Worth and not really around here. So that's sure. kind of what, you know, I've, I've been wanting to do. I've got big dreams. Dude, that's awesome. So. <laughs> I mean, like it, that's something... Like I told you earlier, like the proof's in the pudding. It's great stuff. And you already have the name out there, so you got a leg up on the competition. And I feel like this community lends itself so well to what you're wanting to do because every bit of my experience with craft breweries, everyone is so inclusive and like supportive of each other. How many times do you go to a craft brewery and in their beer fridge, there's nothing but stickers of other craft breweries around right. the area or they do like rotating taps like with another brewery like that's unheard of it's competition but at the same time it's not they're very supportive like one of my favorite ones is uh, here in Waxahachie uh Railport I don't know if you've ever been there but it's it's pretty cool um it's in the old part of Waxahachie they have a wide open like patio area my buddies that play music a lot of the times they support them and give them a platform to play music so it's it's kind of like what you're talking about but I understand what you're saying it's not like like I get what you mean like how it's like you want it more of like a focal point somewhere as opposed to not just kind of being on the outskirts and yeah. that'd be I mean Mansfield's 
definitely big enough, dude. Like there's a, Oh, I know. And just growing every year. Right. I mean, there's a lot of people that I know. Heck we go to hat Creek burger yeah, and they got a couple of the beers that I brought today that from my favorite brewery in Dallas and they got them on draft and yeah. you can just see it. You know, people have little kids. They want to go out and let them play. They want to get a little release. People are there just to have a drink and it's a little burger joint. You know yeah. what I mean? Like absolutely have something that is, that has more of that war of a tap room, you know, like play yard feel, you know what I mean? I don't know. So. Yeah. Have you ever been to a legal draft in Arlington? I have not been there. I know of them though. Dude, it's, it's, exactly what you're saying yeah. like it's super cool like they have the big silo outside there's like cornhole they have food trucks like it, yeah. it's it's exactly yeah. what you're talking about and it's like you nailed it on the head when you said like it's a different feel you walk in and you yeah. don't like it's not a big rush to get in line everyone's laid back there's kids running around it's, it's super super cool and that's that's a badass goal to have for sure because it's not like a super saturated market down here yeah uh, my wife actually took me to uh we went up to oregon a couple years ago for my that was my christmas gift and uh, she had like a, a brewery tour because they have the most breweries per capita in the U.S. It's like craft beer metropolis up there. And man, it is a culture. I'll tell you that. Like all that I've been exposed to is down here, like DFW. And you go up there and it's the way that we have McDonald's on every corner. They have craft beer everywhere. I mean, it was the coolest process I've ever seen. They even have like, what is it, mead? Like honey yeah. wine. I'm like, yeah. Oh my gosh, and it was normal up there. And I'm like, that's, man, it's creep on down here, make that normal down yeah, here, please. Sounds like my kind of place. No joke. <laughs> so, how, like, what do you, what would be even remotely like the first step that you take to do, like, to license as like a microbrewery or a nanobrewery? I'm sure you have to all kinds of red tape to get. Uh, from what I know, yes. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of part of it. But we're, we're kind of still looking at that because, you know, it's been two years of, oh, it's fun and let's have some friends over mm-hmm. and. Let's release this beer and let's theme that beer. But I think we're kind of getting to the point now we're actually going to be legitimately starting to research that stuff because that's kind of been the next step to to kind of, you know, figure out what we're going to do next. Yeah, I just I was curious about that because I know that uh, I used to be like in management and stuff. And if you even remotely think about having alcohol somewhere, you're like, you got to call freaking this head of this (laughs) department, this mayor here. You're like, oh, my goodness, man. But I I can imagine. I think getting back to what you said earlier, I think from the people that I've got to know owners of breweries and people that work at breweries and people are part of them is that it's tough. You know, like you said, there's a lot of hoops you got to jump through before you can get a brewery that's successful and that's out there. And I think that's probably a lot of the the reason that people are like, Hey man, let's be friends. Cause I think they realize how difficult it is to do it and be successful and go through a year pandemic and still be running and open, which, you know, a lot, a lot of breweries got hurt during, during a pandemic. And, um, you know, that's kind of the same deal with us. You know, I, I think that I've, I've, we've got uh, friends of ours who are friends with the owners of this Manhattan uh, Project Brewing in Dallas. Yeah. That place is dope. And their, it is, their logo know? is so sick, too. Yeah. <laughs> they are great. They're like, that's, uh, those are goals for me. Yeah. Dude, yeah, they're awesome, man. So it's a, it is a lot of work, but I, we're just kind of getting to that point now where we're like, all right, what do we got to do? We'll see what's to come. Awesome, man. We'll stick to it, man. You're definitely on the right path, and I can vouch. I mean, also, my name's on the front of it, but hey, I'm a fan. <laughs> you got to say that, man. I, I know. No, I'm just right. kidding. Dude, big fan, though. I can't wait. Man, it's funny because like this is I haven't met you. You know, We've been doing this podcast for 20 minutes. I met you 30 minutes ago. You, know, <laughs> no. like you, you, you just walked in. And I'm you know, like, we find that a lot of our podcasts that we do for like the hockey podcast, uh-huh. A lot of them go really well whenever we're like, okay, we got a common interest. Uh, when can we meet? Yeah. We're going to talk about this. And then we turn the mics on and we go. Yeah. <laughs> I can't tell you so. how many times I've done that too. Like you bring somebody in with a common interest, you have all these bullet points and you just throw it to the wayside. You're like, you yeah. know, just let's just talk, man. But that's awesome, man. 
Uh, I wanted to say, you said you went to school for chemical engineering. So where was the schooling done? Were you from here? Or? Yeah, from Texas. Uh, Texas Tech. Guns up. Nice. So, oh, yeah. Oh, you're good. So, yeah, not too far away. Oh, uh, love it. I'm from, yeah, I'm from Midland, Odessa, that way. And so uh, Lubbock wasn't too far away. Um, chemical engineering was kind of a, I was good at chemistry. I was good at math. I was like, I'll do chemical engineering, you know, make a bunch of money. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. And yeah, man. Out, so that's kind of how it started. Chemical engineering out in Lubbock. There you go. Uh, so how in the heck, okay, so Midland, Odessa, and Lubbock, neither one of those scream hockey to me. Mm. <laughs> I, I said before the podcast started off the air, I was like, I am self-admittedly a Dallas Stars fan, if you can't tell by the oh, room. Oh, man, I but, love it. But, but I mean, yeah, even the, what are the, what are these, the sound? Yeah, soundproofing. Little, soundproofing. Sound panels. Look at that. Victory green and black. I, I mean, love you, it. You couldn't have done it any better in here whenever it comes to stars colors. Yeah. And Shout out Walmart for the, the soundproofing. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, yeah, man, so I, I'm excited because... I am self-admittedly, like I said, not a huge hockey fan. I love hockey, but I don't, I'm not as into, I'll, I'll put it to you like this. I'm not going to watch the NHL network. I watch the Stars games and who they're playing, and I keep up with our players a lot. Yeah. But other than that, um, I think it's because it is it is a little bit on the like intimidating side, I guess. I've been a fan for a very long time, and I'm bringing my friends into the fan fandom like kicking and stream, screaming even if they don't want to i'm like you got to go to a game with me you got to sit down yeah. i'll explain it as much as i can right. and a lot of people love it all it's like that it's it's addiction you know once you go one time or watch one game and you have 10 percent of an idea of what's going on it's like fan for life so all that being said you know lubbock odessa midland how did you get into hockey well it was kind of the timing i guess that was the main thing i was 10 years old you know back in like 95 96 and that's whenever hockey started to get real big. You know, if it know anything about the Stars, it moved here, you know, in 90, uh, 93, and things blew up. Mm-hmm. You know, it was Stars, it was minor league hockey teams in every city in the state, and including them in Odessa, we had a team in Odessa, and that's whenever it just kind of blew up. Yeah. You know, you had the Mighty Ducks movies, you yeah. know, people were all in love with that. Knuckle puck. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it, it was, people were crazy about those movies because they were different and they were kind of cutting edge with sports. And we had a lot of people that were moving from Midland, Odessa, that were in oil and gas, that were from Canada, you know, your Western Canada, Alberta, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we, it was hot. We had people down there that knew hockey and that wanted to be a part of hockey, and it all kind of just came together at one time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, when I think about the people that were from Texas and they were in Midland, Odessa, and that saw hockey, it was kind of like, it was kind of like the original, like, hold my beer, watch this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because <laughs> you know, the OG. <laughs> it, it, I'm, I'm serious. You know, you think yeah. about it, and you're like, okay, there was football, there's baseball. They've mm-hmm. been there forever. Well, all of a sudden, there's a piece of ice and some boards, and you got people that see it because they're at the mall or hear about it because it's a big event happening on the weekend, right? And they go watch it, and they're like, I could do that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it just brought it collabed so many different you know groups yeah. there for a while. It just really blew up. But that we were, I was young and looking to do something new at that time, and now you know. 25 years later it's become a you know it's been a passion for me and my brother who lives around here too he's a little bit younger than me and we just still eat sleep and and breathe hockey so so did you play like in like in high school or like through college or so once the years went on uh we had college oh sorry uh, skipping ahead we had uh travel teams for high school and then we had high school teams uh, uh themed for the high schools in the area and then I went out. I went to Texas Tech. I played college hockey there. Uh, we had like a, a like a Division three like ACHA like cool. team for a while, which was pretty cool. Yeah, we were pretty legit there for a while. It was kind of like the beginning stages of 
really competitive hockey. Now sure. things have really changed, and there's a lot of competitive players in this right, area. Right, right. Back then, it was kind of like we were the first. You know what I mean? We were yeah. we'd grown up playing, and now we, you know, we're a bunch of skilled players, and we're all coming together. But it's like the first time, and so that was kind of my path. And you know, Texas Tech, I played there, and then after I graduated, I moved up here and just keep playing every week since. That's so. awesome, man. Yeah. So like my first exposure to it was I played baseball all through like my whole life till I turned 18. And obviously if you know, like the seasons overlap. So it's, we had, it, it, I went to school here in Midlothian and we had like a, it wasn't a high school like funded team, but they got to wear like the colors and they could have like a letterman. I don't know if you know all about all that, but I had a lot of friends that played hockey and it wasn't like, it wasn't like, okay, they didn't talk about it on the announcements over, you know, Hey, the hockey games tonight. Like it was to- it was like the, the, the school was integrated, but it was like separate thing. So number one, that was pretty fascinating. Number two, a lot of my friends played and number three, I always like I enjoyed it from an outside point of view. Like I, I feel like that's something personally I really like is something that I can like from the periphery. Like I'm not in it, which makes me just a fan of it because like I, I've been a baseball fan my whole life and I don't know if you're this way with hockey, but sometimes I'll catch myself and I'm driving myself nuts watching a Ranger game because I'm like dissecting everything down to, okay, it's an 0-2 count. This guy hit a double last time up. Why is he throwing? I'm like, just watch the damn game. You know what I mean? So yeah. hockey was kind of like a release for me. I could go watch my buddies play. I didn't have a dog in the race. I was like, oh, this is crazy, man. You guys are flying up and down the ice. Mm-hmm. And I, okay, why, what's icing? You know, like it was it's pretty cool to to get exposed to that. But um, like I said, it was just kind of from the outside looking in. I've never played roller roller hockey, never set foot on the ice to play. I've, it's just been really cool. We're going to have be, to get you on the ice now. Bro. Oh, you, we have so many guys that come in that are either parents or they're from the area and they want to play. It's amazing to see the skill develop in short amount of time. Yeah. You know what I mean? You get out there, you have some fun. Our group is not like, oh, we're just so badass. What the hell are you doing here, man? <laughs> like, we're, you were very open to people coming in. Yeah. Like, we help them. So, maybe, maybe. Maybe, dude. Maybe I don't know. My wife, might, my wife might kill me. You know, I'll go out there and blow out an ACL. <laughs> but what's funny is, uh, like, we, I think, like, y'all have, like, I'm assuming it's beer league hockey. Yes. Yep beer league softball you know they always say like baseball players have an evolution you start with you know your wiffle ball bat then you turn into a baseball bat then it's like a a golf stick later on in life that's like the progression and then you end up playing slow pitch softball and uh that's kind of what we do and a lot of my slow pitch softball guys play beer league hockey i'm like you play hockey and i look at they're like oh bro it ain't even a big deal i'm like i would pay money to see you on skates bro. so it sounds like a lot of fun it really does it's man. a good time it but, really is a good time it's a good workout too yeah no joke <laughs> i and you know i'm pretty surprised at how big the culture is down here like it's you know within mansfield and was it frisco there's rinks like everywhere yeah around we here. were actually talking about this uh last week in our podcast there's 15 15 14 15 with and then a lot of the star centers you know the star center's own nine of them or whatever it is and there's multiple sheets of ice in each one of them right I mean, the stars centers and the stars have done a really good job of just buying rinks maintaining the rinks and doing whatever they can to keep them open and to keep them going and that's been a huge part but the people have come too so yeah. hockey is is probably stronger i think here now than it's ever been right just as far as stability you know just right here 
it's not some sort of a weird peak and you're not you're gonna see a bunch of people stop playing it's just right here you know there's a lot of people that are playing hockey here so i think it also has i mean correct me if i'm wrong i'm sure that a lot of the the popularity is derived from the success the stars has had recently so i I would i mean i'm sure there's bandwagoners left and right but i don't oh welcome bandwagoners left and right (laughs) i don't care same i'm i'm 100 there but it's pretty cool because um like i i think i rekindled my personal like fandom with the stars probably like i got out of high school 2011 and so i had no more baseball nothing at all like college here and there but like 2012 2013 like the you know kind of getting back into it there was they weren't anything outstanding at that time but then it goes into the 2014-15 season where we were like i mean just on the cusp there and obviously we know where it's been from there all that being said what do you if you had to explain or or a or give the stars a rating in their current day. Like, what, what do you think? Where do you think they are as a team right now? What do they need to work on? Are they going to keep breaking our hearts yeah. this season? I watch them and I think to myself, I guess those guys are good at something, but it's not <laughs> hockey right now. Because <laughs> it's the game is so can be so fickle. You know, they've got really they've got some really good high end players. They know how to play defense. They've got some goaltending that can steal games and. It's so funny because everything has to do one of these and line up. Right. You can't see that at home. This isn't really working very well on this. <laughs> but everything's kind of got to line up. Yeah. And, you know, even last year they started out bad. Mm-hmm. They had one game that literally turned the whole season around where they were down and the whole thing, I swear, was going to get blown up before the whole uh, Montgomery, you know, firing and all that. And it was one game. They were down 3-1. to one. They turned it around. They won 6-3, to three, and they never looked back. And last year, they started out crappy. This year, they started out crappy. And they're still looking to find how are we going to get this thing aligned because mm-hmm. you got guys up front who all of a sudden are ice cold and can't score. Mm-hmm. you got a defensive structure that is doing things that I would have never imagined they would be able even capable of. Mm-hmm. Turnovers, uh, you know, pinching in too much to spots and letting uh, odd man rushes, you know, coming back the other way, taking penalties. Uh, you know, Dobie, you can tell, I, you know, I play goalie as well. Okay. And Very so you, cool. re- you read language on a goalie and you're like, you can tell that guy is pissed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because you try not to, when you're looking at everything in front of you, you try and not to be like, well, that guy, that guy just fucked up. <laughs> oh, here, okay, so here we go. We got, we got, we got somebody coming in clean. Ah, oh, shit. Yeah. You just got to worry about stopping the puck. Right. And you can tell that he's a little weary right now. You you go through the run that they did. They come back this season with a couple of breaks, you know, with the COVID thing and then the winter thing, and it's just been kind of crazy for them. And they can't seem to just catch a break. And I think when they do catch a break and they really find that rhythm again, they're going to be the team we saw. Right. But with the shortened season, how long is that going to take? <laughs> Dude, that's what I'm saying. So, so, like, my thing is, and this might be, a you know, a rudimentary take with your knowledge, but, like, my thing is it's – it's it's they're a confusing team because it's very like Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, you know we've got like Jake Ottinger. It, you know he's rookie. He he's played, I would say you know very well this season. But I just feel like the stars play differently in front of different goaltenders. And I don't know like whenever Bishop was in the net, I felt like it was like almost like a disconnect. I don't I've never felt like they like really gelled. I know that his numbers that that one season where he broke it like obviously he did really well. But I just felt like whenever Dobby's back there, the dudes like almost have a connection with him. Like they go freaking balls to the wall. They know that he's, yeah, him, he may give up a fat rebound every now and then, but he's diving left and right and his morale and his, his, his spirits are always up. 
I'm personally not a huge Ben Bishop fan. I never have been. Back when he was on Tampa, that was a different story. He was a beast. But I don't know, man. Here, it just seems weird. Like, I don't know. They they play different every night. I don't know if it's a line change thing. I don't know if it's the fact we've had freaking five head coaches in like five years. I don't know. I feel like they can't find their identity. And also, like you said, we can't like catch a break. Every time that we somewhat get a little bit of traction underneath us, it's like a big name goes down. Dating back to 2015 when, yeah. you know, Sagan's Achilles got like severed. Like we can't just, and then Rope just got done being hurt. And then we yeah. had all the stuff with Hansel and oh, like, I know. And, and it's just. And right now with Radulov being out, I can't tell you how that much hurts, that hurts the team. Right. I mean, because people see you take penalties and they're cussing them out. Hell, I'll do it too. Like, why are you taking a penalty 200 feet away from your net? You know no what I mean? Mm-hmm. No <laughs> And you do it, but you know what impact he has because of how much energy he brings, how he get his puck possession down low, pins guys down to the other zone, and about how that changes momentum not only on his shift, but the next shift and the next shift. Mm-hmm. And you see what he brings to the team, and they're really hurting out without him right now. But you're right, certain key players that help them have been out for stretches, so you don't want to see that. Back to the goaltending thing, mm-hmm. absolutely. I mean, so I'm not crazy. No, you're not okay. crazy. <laughs> this happens in beer league. It happens in <laughs> D1 ACHA. It happens in 6U hockey that I coach. Like, Ru- Everywhere. Rubes is in the net. We're losing tonight, dude. <laughs> <laughs> when you have a goalie back there, when the boys can see a goalie back there that's doing everything he can to work hard and to stop the pucks, it really does inspire you. Yeah. It gets you to the point where you're like, you know what? I am going to be a little bit more paying attention to this guy in front of the net. I'm going to check this guy. I am going to come back and like grab this guy you know, on the rush. I'm going to get down and block this shot. And it really does. It, it goes like this. From back in, out. Sure. It really it shines. And there was times where with Bish, God love him. We knew what we were getting. He mm-hmm. was going to be hurt. We, yeah. we knew that already. We knew that years ago. Expensive. <laughs> yeah, we knew it already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when he played and he had some of his games where he's looking at the sky and you can tell he's just like, oh, well, it didn't hit me in my – I played the odds and I'm huge and it didn't hit me. And he's like, oh, why didn't, well, I didn't get that. You know, you, you. that there's a there's a vibe with because guys know hockey. They know they can tell when a goalie is trying his damnedest to stop the puck. And they can tell whenever a guy's like, meh. And there's times where Bish has been real hot, and you can tell he's motivated. And there's been times where he's playing percentages. So it, and it really does. It resonates out for the rest of the team, and that's why they really caught fire last year. Doby was like, "I'm gonna stand on my head. What are y'all gonna do?" Absolutely. And they pushed each other, and then you know what happened? They damn near did it. You know, and everyone kept saying the backup goalie. I was like, "Man, when's this dude gonna get that title?" Like, I mean, my <laughs> God, look at his stats. Look how many yeah. times he's been out there. Like, this mm. fool's a, a full blown starter. No more. And man, I'm telling you, me and my wife talk about this all the time because she's my she's my game buddy. We go to all the games together. And I cannot tell you how many times in the last two to three seasons we get to the, you know, we get to the AAC five minutes after puck drop and we're down one to nothing. I'm like, damn it, Bishop. I haven't even got my beer and got in my seat yet, dude. And and, and then he's kind of like, yeah. you know, like you said, maybe puts his head down and it's, it's never his fault. I feel like yeah. I could be completely talking out of my ass. I've never met Ben Bishop. He seems like yeah. a cool guy, but like Dobby's like a working man's goalie. Yeah. He's out there like, dude. I don't know what's going on. I'll, I I will. Well, the way that they like try to <clears throat> mainstream these goalies and sort of like cookie cut them is that they, they have them play a certain way. Your leg goes here. Your arm goes here. You stand here. You move here. And it's kind of cookie cutter. Right. And with Dobie, he is really sort of one of the last of the Mohicans kind of deal where it's mm-hmm. like, I am not huge. I am going to just react to what I see in front of me. I'm not going to just play this puck 
the same way every single time. I'm actually going to be like, no, no, what can I do a little differently here? What adjustment do I need to make here? And you know what I mean? And it takes a little bit different thinking pattern to do those type of things. So, yeah, I don't know what we're going to see. If we're going to see Michigan, if we do, I guarantee you it's not going to be... It's not going to be something that is going to be a, a real game changer anymore, I don't think, for him, unfortunately. So. I, I would agree. And, you know, I think something else that's pretty – you can correct me if I'm wrong here because I, like, I don't keep up with a lot of other NHL teams, but I think what's unique about the Stars is I feel like due to the fact that we've been so injured over the last couple seasons, we have this unique opportunity to see the entire farm system play out on a high level. Like I feel like if I go to a Texas Stars game, I would know the entire roster top to bottom because we see those guys so often up and down, up and down. And then you've got, like you said, Doby, we've got Ottinger, you've got Landon Bow, you've got, I mean, like it's not like Bishop is just this integral piece that's just like oh my god you know no, with uh what's going on with ottinger it's made it pretty easy almost to a point we'll be talking about this later just to kind of move on past him i hate to say it but it's true mm-hmm. ottinger's young he's getting to the point now where he's really patient but quick and that's the thing you need in a goalie when you're big and you're kind of new is just to not try to overthink things swim this way and don't swim that way as we call it like you just stay in your spot and you block the puck with your fastest reflexes and that is probably a key to a good goalie nowadays and he's doing it so yeah sorry bish uh <laughs> and man how, how about that blackout helmet he's got too yeah, i'm like oh my some... gosh man they look sick out there yeah, big fan setup is really nice man i don't know they're just i think they're what like six seven and, or yeah six seven and four or whatever I, I don't know they're below 500 and it's just like they break my heart every night but they're, I feel like they, they've got every, all the pieces there. They just need to figure it out and, and put it all together. I know you're on a little bit of a time crunch here. you yeah. got a game tonight. Hockey's on tonight. Yeah, I know. Got so game. Um, the only other thing that I had as far as, uh, as far as hockey goes is where do you see the expansion draft playing out next season with, with the Kraken coming into the, oh, get man. the league? Oh, man, that's so exciting. And I'm only so excited for that because I really want to go to Seattle and go see a game there. <laughs> that, that would be so sick, man. I really, everybody that goes to Seattle is like, oh, man, that place is amazing, you know, and I want to go check it out and see it. And it looks like they're really going to put on a really good uh, atmosphere. And so, But, um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you got the way they did it last time. They protected 7-3 and three, and then a goalie. Um It'd be really interesting to see what happens with goalie wise mm-hmm. because you know we just talked about the depth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, who wants to take an Ottinger? I don't think you take him yet. But you know, you're normal. You're Ben Segan, Radulovs, Gurianovs, your uh, Rupe Hints. Um, the two forwards past that will be interesting because you already know Lindell, Klingberg, and Haskinen are going to be protected on that end. Mm-hmm. So the next two forwards will be interesting to see. Um, you know, Robertson's a nice up-and-coming guy. He's been great this year. Um, you know, Pavelski, you probably want to keep him with the guys. So you maybe you pick a Pav and you pick a young guy because yeah. I think past that you got some free agents and some young guys that aren't really proven yet. So it should be it should be fairly easy for them, I think. It just be we'll see how the goaltending thing goes because yeah. You're gonna take one, and I don't know what you do at this point. What a an absolute like mind blowing season Pavelski's had thus far. Like yeah, I mean, oh my man. gosh, like a Old late resurgence there. It. I love you it. Can't you can't do nothing but respect that. You see it, you're like probably. does it the right way too. Who yeah. has a bad word to say about him? Like no he's buddy. just he's first ballot the guy Hall of Famer. Can't man, skate. He's slow, and he's <laughs> still. Finds a nose for the net, and he still puts away the pucks when they come to him, and he gets an opportunity. Like he's I, just a sniper, dude. Him and Klingberg, they're plus minus when they're on this, the ice together. I'm like, every time I look up, 
it's Klingberg with shooting it in a deflection on Pavelski or somehow it, they're always connected. I'm like, y'all just need to play like the entire game together. <laughs> y'all are just killing it out there. But yeah, he's been good. Also, I met, uh, I made a complete ass out of myself at, at meeting John Klingberg a long time ago. I was drunk. <laughs> we, we, You're drunk. Oh, bro, it was bad. We, it was me and a bunch of my buddies. Better. We were at, we were at a. Uh, the Katie Trail Ice House. Oh yeah, and they'll go hang out at places after. We've seen them him and Yan Market Hero a couple years ago. I, so. I saw the Swedes, man. I saw them at the table, and uh, this was the night or the day after Klingberg. I forgot who they played. It might have been St. Louis, but it was he scored on like to put us into OT, and then we win the faceoff in OT, and he scores immediately afterwards. And I'm like, it, it was it was huge. I mean, like it was all over ESPN, and I'm like sitting there with twelve beers in, and I'm like. That's John Klingberg, and that's Ian Mark. And my friend's like, no, it's not. I'm like, I'm telling you, that's them. <laughs> and sure enough, I was like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And I go over there, and I'm like, hey, guys, how's it going, man? You had a great game last night. And he was super nice, but he was like, thank you. Thanks. I'm Thanks. like, I'm just going to go, uh, so. you know. Wanna, you right. didn't even do as bad as my buddy did the night we saw him. No. It was a playoff game against uh, Nashville in, in um, my year, 18, whenever that was. Yeah, okay. 19. And they had lost the game. Oh, no. And my buddy, what does he do? He's like, I'm going to buy him a shot. <laughs> I'm going to take it to him. I said, oh, my buddy's Bobby. I said, Bobby, he's not going to take it. Mm-mm. I'll get him to take it. I promise. <laughs> Film the whole thing. He goes over there. Sure enough, what do they do? They're like, uh, no, man, sorry. We can't do that. We got a game, you know, in a day or two. <laughs> yeah, which means I don't want that. You exactly. Know? I was like, I oh, told you. Dude, and- <laughs> I wanted to crawl in a hole and die. I was like, uh, Mr. Klingberg, you had a great game. He, he looked at me. He was like. Oh, no. We got to do something. Oh, boy. Okay, so for y'all out there, big podcast, spitting chiclets, right? Yeah, buddy. Oh, they're all big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only thing I've enjoyed from them is uh, the alcohol I have in my hand right now, which is Pink Whitney. Pink Whitney. Now, when I texted Justin earlier today, he said he has never had Pink Whitney. Definitely have not. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I'm not a big liquor guy. In fact, I'm just, you know, I'm a brewer. I beer. This has been like the one liquor that the boys have not been able to put down. Because That's what I'm talking it's, about. It's, it's really smooth. Okay. Um, in a dangerous way. Oh, <laughs> kind of like that uh, citrus white ale. Yeah, yeah. These two, uh, they pair really well together. They're dangerous. So I got a, uh, a couple of little babies here. Dude, one you're the you. man. Appreciate it. <laughs> He's coming in bringing all the gifts. So yeah, yep. for y'all that don't know this, uh, so is it the guys who made this, they were... NHL players at yeah, some point so, in time, right? Yeah, uh, so Ryan Whitney and then Paul Bissonette, they're the ones that do it. The short story is that uh, Ryan Whitney used to go to bars on the weekend mm-hmm. and order his vodka with, with they had Pink Whitney, and he'd mix the two, and he'd talk about it on his podcast, and then people would say, yeah, man, I got my Pink Whitney on this weekend, and they would shoot him photos, and they would shoot him emails, and they would talk about it. Yeah. And then by the time they knew it, they're like, why, why, didn't we, why don't we do something about yeah. this? So they pair with New Amsterdam. And now this is a pink lemonade flavored vodka. Dude, so I'm all over there it that. Is. Yeah, it's uh, it's hard to put down. We're about like to I do said. this right now? We are about to do this. Okay, like, I was going to say, let's go. <laughs> His beer league turned into a vodka league tonight, uh, yep. baby. All right, here we Dude, go. Cheers, Bottoms bro. up. I appreciate you, brother. Mm. Dangerous. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know, if I'm if it's been a long, hard day. It's 11 o'clock. I'm going to wind down and go to sleep. Dude. I'll put this baby on ice. I let it dilute a little bit in water. 
I take it down. I feel great, and I go to bed. <laughs> oh my god! My, right. And you got now. You got a leader in dude, the over in the house over here. You so are the. Bo- I appreciate you, brother. That is. Yeah. Uh, you're gonna get me in trouble for sure. <laughs> Rube just came over trying to get me drunk. That's all this was. But Thanks. all right, brother. I feel like this is a perfect time because obviously we need to wrap this up. But I have a recurring segment on the Rated JG podcast. Anytime I have a guest on, I close out the podcast with the question. If I could pick three to have a beer with me, you can take the question however you want. You can, basically, I'm asking if you could sit down with three people. They could be real, fictional, alive, dead, at any point in time, sit down with them, drink a beer, pick their brain, and just talk to them. With three people would you pick Man, and why? Man, this is easy. I don't know why, but, um, you know, I my grandmother, she passed away a little bit before I was like, I guess, kind of around 21. And she was fun. You know, she was a great grandma. She's was uh, I see pictures of her and hear stories and we just didn't really get an opportunity just to have a drink together you know what I mean and just sort of like let loose and I miss her like heck and so she's definitely the first one second who I grew up idolizing during the 99 cup run Joe Neuendijk I mean the guy was consummate winner he was the reason the stars win a Stanley Cup Mm -hmm. with all his play during that year and I would just love to sit down with him and then the last person, Bill Murray, without a doubt. <laughs> the goat. Yeah, I'm a huge Ghostbusters nut and just Bill Murray nut in general. And uh, he, yeah, obviously, yeah. Dude, Hands down. I love it, man. That I will honestly say that's the first time anyone has said, oh, this is easy. Everyone usually stares at me like, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, uh, well, hold on, just give me a second. Awesome, dude. Well, that's yeah. a great three to round out your table right there. And um, so for before we wrap this thing up, where can the people find you at? Tell them, you mean you got an Instagram, Facebook? What are we looking at? Uh, Facebook. Search Rubes Brews. R-U-B-E-E-S. Brews. Uh, man, I don't like Facebook. You know? I hear you. <laughs> it, it's a I necessary evil. Yeah, right? Everybody said do it. But yeah. none of my stuff reaches people. Like mm-hmm. There's like 200 plus people following, and I'm like, it reaches like 20. The one that I really, that we met on, mm-hmm. that we kind of, we jived on is Instagram because I feel like people see it. I can tell they see it. We interact, you know, like on just a, a little bit different level. And that's so that's the one. So Instagram, same thing, Rube's Brews. Uh, there's a Twitter, but I don't think anybody tweets the way <laughs> yeah, that we yeah. would do for beer. Uh, it's there, but yeah. whatever. And um, yeah, so I mean, that's kind of the way, the way to find it. I've got beers coming up. I've got a new IPA that I really want you to try and some stuff that's coming up here soon. So, I mean, I'm just going to You know keep, where to find me, I'm going to keep brewing. I'm going to keep hearing what do people want. And I'm going to keep making it. I hope that you got some traction. I know for a fact I've sent at least 10 people your way because my friends are like, bro, when are you going to get that rated JG beer? I'm yeah, like, well, it's here now, boys. I, I know. I'm like, well, <laughs> well, the snowpocalypse is over, baby. So now we're drinking Pink Whitney's yeah. and slugging Citrus White Pink Ales. Pink Whitney's. It's 70 degrees outside. Let's Citrus go. White Ale. Let's go. I love it, bro. <laughs> all right, man. Well, I'll definitely I'll plug all of your stuff in the show no, notes. Same here. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Chris, thank you so much for coming Thanks down for and doing me. this, man. And we got to link up again. Maybe I can meet the other guy and we can do a – uh, a roundtable podcast yes. up there in Mansfield. That'd be that'd be great. But thank you again for the you know bringing the brews and all the hospitality and everything. And just remember, guys, as long as y'all keep listening, I'll keep talking. We'll see you next time.